thank you for being a part of Crown Refs, the community for basketball officials. Hi, this is Roger Ayers. Thanks for watching Game Note 7 on Crown Refs TV. Serve the game. little Kentucky Tennessee action what are we looking at this play um well first of all it's, it, this is about five or six years ago maybe seven years ago and the reason this play is important because now, now as, a, as I've been around a little bit longer uh, I, I don't you know, I don't like my I've watched this a lot you know, the technical foul I'm going to call is, is just a, a built up a, a place before this where the coach has been complaining and you know, we let him vent, let him vent, and I'm across the floor. The reason I want to tell officials here is look, look where I'm out on the court. I am across the court, away from this coach. You know, did I really need to call this technical foul? And as I've gotten older, I've learned, you know, this is one I can probably pass on. You know, as I said earlier, when we're right, we're right, we're wrong, we're wrong. But on this technical foul, you know, if you'll hear the, the announcers are going to say, oh, well, you know, they wanted this technical foul during the last time out and all that. But you know what? I've learned over the years. This is one I could, I could, you know, it's late in the first half. We, we've put up with it this long. Maybe we can get at halftime. Maybe they can talk to him and say, Coach, second half, we're not having any more of this. We're done. Because the ball's back in play. He's back to coaching, and I really didn't need to stick my nose in. But this is a learning tool for your officials. You know, sometimes there's good tees and sometimes there's bad tees. I, I, would, I would classify this as a bad tee. Did you not like it because you didn't think it was worthy or you didn't like your positioning coming across the court? I, I didn't like the position. I didn't like the timing. You know, if if okay. I'm going to do it, you know, I'd rather, I would rather do it, you know, when the because if you see it, he's walking away from me. He's walking, you know, he's got his back to me. And, and I just had enough, you know, but there's no excuse. I, I got to be bigger than that. And you know, as I said earlier to you, there's good tees and bad tees. Um, and I'm not a big technical foul ref, but um, you know, I, I didn't like this one. But the reason I'm glad we're talking about it is because you can learn from these. There, there are good technical fouls and bad technical fouls. And this one, obviously, looking back, you know, if I'm going to team, maybe I should have done it earlier. But I felt like the game needed it. But, you know, I've learned from it. And, and these, are, these are plays I try to get better on myself. Did you and uh, Coach Calipari have any discussions about the T later on in the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had some conversations. You know, we had some conversations about the play, and the only thing I said was, Coach, you had already been previously warned. We'd given you multiple opportunities, you know, and, and it just felt like we need to get this technical foul away. I felt like maybe you wanted it. You know, you upset your players. I didn't know what was going on here, but, you know, just the, just the, the, the mannerisms you were doing and the way you were coming at us was just too much, and, you know, what? Hey, we both got to move on. We got a whole second half here to go, and, you know, got to get through this you know and, and to his credit he's like okay roger let's move on and, and he coached and i repped and, and we never had another problem okay i'm administering the throw in here but if you'll notice the time on the clock it's six seconds to go virginia only has five fouls they're up three so as an official the first thing i want to do is make eye contact with my partners to know hey we're good right and we we all three know there's only six seconds to go but i also want to we need to know that Virginia only has five team fouls. So what it, in my mind, I'm in this struggle, and I'm thinking, 
Virginia is clearly going to – they're not going to let them get off with three. So I need to be thinking quick whistle. I need to be prepared here. Is this going to be a – to know that it will only be team foul number six. These are all things you've got to be thinking about and knowing about. So obviously is this play – the reason this play is so good here is the, the pit coach is going to think I call the foul in the shooting motion. But I know right now before I even miss this throw in, Virginia has five fouls, and Tony down the other end is yelling right now, foul. You know, he's hitting his wrist like, I want a foul. So I know going in, I need to have a quick whistle. Virginia does not mind if I call a foul here. What they're going to mind is if I call a foul, the shooting foul. So if I don't know they have five fouls or my mind's not nearly into this game right now, I could get snake bit. I could get – I could get yeah. – cause total chaos here. So if you'll play the play and watch it develop, I know right now – Virginia wants to foul when the head coach of the team is telling you we want to foul and you call a foul, you're going to get no beef because he, he's screaming foul. So if you'll watch this play happen, you're going to see what happens. The foul is going to take place around the, the arc on the other side of the floor. But right now, I'm telling you, hold your spot right there. And I know right now, Roger, think foul, think foul. And watch where I go. With my, watch where I go. See how far I go to call that play? I go to the other side of the floor. He's saying he's shooting. He's not shooting. Because I, if, if I don't know they have five team fouls, I'm not mentally thinking here. If I hesitate another second, if yeah. you, he is in the shooting motion. It's three shots. They tie the game. We go to overtime. But I know they have five. The coach is screaming. We got a foul to give. Take it. So watch. Where, I don't stand where I'm at. I follow him foul. Yeah, these late take fouls um, late in the game are examples of when we should have real quick whistles, right, to yeah. just kill it, kill it. My, my point is on this play, if I don't know they have five, if I don't know Tony Bennett's been screaming we want a foul, when I have this throw-in play, when I throw it in, I, I start going down towards a 28-foot mark instead of where I go. I'm, I know they're going to foul. I, I'm, I'm walking right towards it thinking it's coming. So when I blow the whistle, I go a long way to call this foul. As you can see, it, it's 30 feet away from me when I blow the whistle. But you have to know what's going on in the game. They're down three. Virginia's not going to let them get a three. And when the coach is giving you the information, we want to foul, Roger. Roger, we're going to foul, Roger. Okay, well, then it's on me to be ready to prepare. So I go from that sideline and call a foul right there, all the way across the floor. Roger, would you consider using the wave off after – your foul signals indicate that we're not shooting? Absolutely. Yeah, I could. I'm, I'm pointing right there. He's on the floor, but I could certainly be saying, you know, no foul. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know in my mind, I'm not letting him shoot. Yeah. But that, that's a great point. No shot. That's something I could, you, you could certainly add on that play to just add some more information to it to be clear right away. He's clearly not shooting on that play. Yeah. Um, tell you, these Virginia teams, some amazing teams these last couple of years, huh? It's amazing, yeah. Well coached, great. It's like the ACC, I, I'm blessed to get to work in that league. I mean, the coaches, the players, it's, it's tremendous. And, you know, sometimes I pinch myself when I walk out there and go, wow, you know, a lot of these coaches think I should be back working high school. So I'm going to keep fooling as long as I can. Maybe two, three years ago in the ACC tournament, but uh, it's Virginia, Pittsburgh, uh, obviously early in the game. So, Early in the game, you, you want to set the tempo, but you want to let these players play. 
Uh, obviously, I'm with a great crew. I'm with Carl Hess and Sean Hall, so I'm not having to worry about anything. But early in the game, you want to get the obvious plays right. Here, the rotation was excellent. You know, this crew had worked together a, a thousand times together. Uh, it was just a case of early in the game, get, getting a feel for each other and watching, you know, what we're going to call, what we're not going to call, you know, the rotations. And, and, and this I just wanted you know, to, to, to bring out. This is a good one to show here. Like Sean Hall takes the shooter all the way up, all Joe Harris all the way back to the floor. So, you know, just, just little things early in the game. Go back to your mechanics. Go what got you started. Go what you did when you were working, uh, you know, Division two, Division three. You know, your mechanics don't don't get bigger than the stage. But um, this was just a, a great clip to, to show the mechanics and the rotations, and uh, it's just a great way to start the game. Building that um that team chemistry, right? Absolutely. On getting a feel for each other, moving well, together in unison. Absolutely. Reason this is a good play. If you notice, my back never turns to those players. When they get tied up, my focus is on them immediately. Take them to the floor. I never look to the scores table. I never. My biggest concern right now is those two players. I'm not worried about arrow. I'm not worried about possession. I'm not worried about anything. My biggest concern is these players that we have to deal with. I still haven't turned to look at the table. And for newer refs, don't get caught up in worrying about whose ball it is or looking at the arrow. Your biggest concern is I've got two players on the floor. You know, I don't need to be calling technical fouls or missing somebody saying something or missing somebody throwing an elbow. You know, I need to stay on top of this play right here. And it's just a great learning tool for all of us. Players on the floor mean trouble. I, I tell myself, and, and bodies on the floor mean problems. Get those players separated, get the blue jerseys together, get the white jerseys together, and separate it, and now we'll worry about whose ball it is. And this play is definitely a red flag for, yep. for having the dead ball officiate, especially when two players go down. But um, also when a player is about to land on another player, you're always looking at the guy on the bottom to see if, they, if they're going to react. So kind of seeing that as they're going down, knowing that you're going to have to close down once you blow the whistle here. Great point, Paul. The other thing I'll bring up to, to your listeners is when the players are on the floor, look, look what happens. A lot of times your trouble starts right now. It's not the two players are on the floor. It's the players who are coming in like, I'm just trying to help my guy up. I'm just trying to help my guy. Well, that's when the trash talking starts. It's not the two guys on the floor. They know it's the, but it's the other guys who want to stick their nose in there when reality, they don't. That's why now I like the new rule about the diving on play. Those two guys are on the floor. It's a jump ball. You don't need to be diving on. Like this one player here is getting close to having his knee up in, in the kid's or Virginia's face. These are all, as you said, red flag situations. He's, he's got his knee on his chest, you know. And here come the Calgary. They want to help. I'm just trying to get my guy up. No, you cause trouble. That's a good point because the players that are that are coming in, a lot of times they're rude about how they want to get their player yeah. up. Yeah, right? They, they want to be first. The, excuse me. They're pushing kind of arms out of the way. They're pushing anybody away that's not their teammate. Yeah. If they shove somebody down, then you got a guy who maybe he's acting, maybe he's falling back like he got killed. Or, you know, there's a lot of things going on in these jump ball plays that we may not even sometimes even think about. But this right here could turn into an all-out brawl and you're in front of Pitt's bench. But what if they get upset? What if they come off the floor? Now we go from a simple jump ball play to your chaos. You know, so as you can see now, all three of us are on top of those players. 
get them separated, worry about the arrow, and I'll get the ball put back in play. But that's a great learning play right there. And, and also, if you're looking for, for a line or a phrase, I like to scream, let go. Yeah. Let go at both the two players. It's simple and quick. Yes. That's a great line. I'll steal that. I'll steal that from you, but I'll go, ease up. It's over. Good hustle. Relax. We got it. Let them know the authority figures there. Just that voice to let them know you're there. But that's good, Paul. I'll steal that from you. Oh, you know, that another, another one is we're good. We're good. Guys, easy up. We're good. Like you're reassuring them. We're fine. Everything's fine. You guys hustle. You, you dole on the ground. We're fine. And you're, you're convincing them that everything's cool. It's amazing. It works every time. 99% <laughs> of the time, it works every time. Yeah, yeah. What happened on this play earlier, the play before this, the players were wanting a, you know, a block charge play, and it was clearly no contact. The player blocked. If anything, I probably I could have called a, uh, you know, a uh, – reported a later game for flopping, you know, but I, I didn't, it just didn't fit, but that's what the player was saying. He's asking me right there, did I, what did I have on that play? And I'm like, I chose to pass on the play. Um, you know, I know they want to take flopping out of the game. So that was one of the areas that was early in the game. So I just tried to, you know, put a stop to it right then. Let's listen in. Yeah. I communicate with players. Can I say something? You knew it. He knew it, right? He knew right away. They just wanted to talk. It wasn't really even a flop. It was just a guy falls to the floor. But it was just a case of, as we talked earlier, about the communicating with players instead of ignoring, not giving him an answer. As you could see, he was smiling. He knew that it wasn't a foul, but he just wanted to bring it to my attention. So, yeah, hey, talking to players, is I think it's a must. Give them an answer and then – you know, Burke Smith right there, veteran referee, one of the top refs in the country. You know, he was saying the same thing. And Roger, I agree. Nothing there. Yeah, this is me talking. This is Coach Williams talking to him about a play. Um, he had thought on a uh, previous play that a guy took taking an elbow. So I, I told him I went and looked at the monitor because I wasn't sure. Uh, and once again, that's built up over time. As you can see, the conversation is very positive. He's not agitated. He's not upset. You know, I give him what I saw on the tape, and I told him I told the player, and so he was okay with it. I, mean, I just want to let him know that I looked at the play just so he doesn't, the next three, four, five possessions, want to talk about it. Just from afar, from my, my couch, uh, Coach Williams looks like he's pretty easy to deal with. Is that true yeah. or no? Yes, class act. You know, as all the coaches in the ACC are, they, they're, they're good to deal with. Once again, him and I have been around a long time, a lot of wars, a lot of tough games. Now, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, it might not have been quite like this, or maybe I wouldn't have went to him. Maybe the veteran ref would have went to him instead. But me on this game, I'm with Mike Eads and Bert Smith, and we all three have had relationships with him, and we can talk to him. Um, and he's wanting to know an answer right there. So I told him, you know, we're coming out of a timeout, so I just wanted to know that I went and looked at the play. And just to kind of, as you can see, he's nodding his head there, just to let him know hey, it's a calming effect of, well, I trust Roger. I've known him 20 years. He looked at the tape. There wasn't an elbow to my player's head. So, okay, let's move on. He can go back to coaching. I can go back to roughing. It's always nice to get some sound bites from, from on the court. Uh, let's listen into this uh, timeout here. It's a relationship. 
What was that uh, situation about? Yeah. He felt like a previous foul called on his big guy in the post was unwarranted. He felt like that it was a little on big. Uh, so what I'm doing right there is I'm letting him vent. You know, I'm letting him get his two cents in. Instead of, once again, communication, instead of running down that low block like I'm running scared and let him go in the huddle and be ticked off about the play and, and still upset about it when he comes out, I just tried to fuse it right away. As you can see in that conversation, there was nothing derogatory, nothing antagonistic. He was coming at me with a legit complaint because it was a tough call, and, and I get it. And I just, that's why I said I'm listening to you. It was a tough play. Um, hey, you, you make a good point, and, and give him an ear. Just listen. Now, if he'd have came at me hard and been a jerk about it, that's when you got to put the stop sign on the coach, go to your bench, not listen. But he didn't. He just wanted to vent. And now, for the rest of this game, he never mentioned that play again. If you ignore these guys sometimes, when they have a legitimate right or, or a legitimate concern, a play that happened 94 feet away from them that they couldn't really see, you know, I think you're better off lending an ear, which is all I did. I didn't do anything special. I just – he did all the talking. You know, and I just let him vent, and I just said, you're right, I'll take a look at it, and it's over. Don't let things fester to where – don't let a little bonfire turn into an inferno. So by letting him vent for 20 or 30 seconds, hey, it's over, and we come out of the timeout, he never said another word about it. Roger, in my observation, I think one of the best times where we can approach a coach is following the timeout. As soon as the, the timeout has ended and his players are moving away, kind of has that breath, right? Yeah. They have that breath where they're a little bit more open. Do you find success in approaching coaches post-timeout? Yeah. Yes, especially – you wouldn't want to do it after a tough block charge play, but 99% of the time, that's when I do my, most of my talking to coaches is when they come out of a timeout. You know, I'll say, you know, coach, everything okay out here? Anything you should look for, coach? Or, coach, any, any play, you, what do you got for me? You, you wanted to say something to me on that last trip? I couldn't hear. I couldn't understand you. You know, what do you got? And most times they've forgotten what they want to talk about anyway. They're like, I know we're good, Roger. Yeah. Or maybe watch the screen or something, but – it's once again, it's a, just a calming effect to try to calm them down. You know, because they're super intense. You know, I tell people all the time, these coaches on these campuses are like, they're like God, they, they run the camp. They're, they're, they're bigger than life on campuses. And when the game starts, there's three refs out there that they can't control. You know, the, the refs have to. Are you there? You're good. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, they have to learn that we're, we're in charge out here. So just vent, give them an ear and, and just, just listen. And, and that's what's really you know, taking me to the level I'm at now is just being a great listener, great communicator. And that right there, that, that play right there was a prime example of being a good listener. Make sure they Yeah, just Google my name. It'll, it'll pop up. So if it's a bad hair day, go to the next picture. Oh, I love it. Hey, okay, I have so a new... I have a new nickname for you. Instead of instead of Houdini, maybe your new nickname after the show could be Roger Cares. Oh, I love that. We could start selling some t-shirts and hats and make money. Roger Cares. No one's ever said that? I, I love that. You've never heard it before? Oh, I've heard all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I like that. I like That's it too. Good. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll create like a nice... Uh, picture from it we could put it on a t-shirt and we'll split the profits we'll split it right down the middle 73rd <laughs>